time to dance. It's March. Zach and CJ come and join me on the porch here. We're going to talk all things about college hoops, where we we get into some teams that we think you should be buying come March, making a run, teams we think you should probably be picking against when you get that bracket here in another couple weeks. We'll also kind of talk about the Mountaineers and, and their state of things heading in to the final game of the regular season and then the tournament Kansas City. And also looking forward to what hugs can try and do to, to bring us back into prominence next year. We won't bet against the Bear, I'll tell you that much right now. But you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, feel style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink and come on back because we're talking all things about the nation and college basketball and the Mountaineers here on the porch. And, oh, yeah, we might get a little crazy as we were listening to and watching Purdue, Wisconsin, as that game was going down there at the end. So come on back. Let's go. Ooh, TCU beat Kansas tonight, boys? Mm-hmm. Damn. They're tough, man. They are tough. They've got a lot of guys who can do a lot of things. Dude, are we finally are we are we gonna win a game again in this before the season's over? I said it on the last one. I didn't see didn't wouldn't put money on it and I'm not changing that. I mean I actually I kind of like our think... chance better against K State if we play them, but if we play Oklahoma again, we're dust. I mean, we can't do shit with them. Oh, man, the Groves, the Groves kids just dominate us. Yeah, his brother just comes out to play against us. Old That's Jacob, pretty much it too. And he hasn't done it against anybody else. I don't know. We we battle. We play hard again tonight. It's just the horses aren't there. We actually out rebounded somebody for the first time all year. Uh, we out rebounded um, Iowa State too, at their place. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's that one was heartbreaking. Brockington got on one of those heaters, and it was just well. And all you had to do is inbound the ball. Yeah, and yeah, maybe well play that it. helps too. Huggins draws up. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, so how does that not happen? I mean, Zach, how does – and I don't know who is supposed to – was it supposed to be Polycap that was supposed to go? I'm honestly not sure. And just a quick sidebar, are we, like, live live now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, and, and, and enough of that shit. It, it was a good transition. Okay, cool. <laughs> Another quick sidebar. Johnny Davis is a dude. Dude, he is. We don't have to sidebar on Johnny Davis, though. Perfect. We'll hit that later. Yeah. So, I don't know exactly who messed up running that play or not running it, more or less. But whenever in a post game he straight up says that they don't run the the play that he drew up in the timeout prior to the play, like that's not acceptable. And just to parlay that into what happened tonight, he's talking about guys that he probably won't play on Saturday. Guys, they're used to seeing out there. Who's he talking about? Maybe Gabe. He didn't play the whole second half. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, buddy. I really don't know. And like, I I didn't watch a single minute of this game. I was at basketball. I watched the girls win their regional game to go to states. Is that Sissonville? Yeah. Congrats. Much much appreciated. We got our chance and, to try and win a sectional game tomorrow. Hopefully that doesn't get screwed up. That's, that's what you want to hear. And you know what, Zach? I heard also, too, 
on the congrats for the states uh nitro as well their girls going yep. back to back there I, I i saw that so uh good on nitro but let, let's get back to mountain hoops oh yeah so well, I, and, I didn't continue and, and real quick on that note just because i promised him i would a guy i know pretty well um his granddaughter um plays at ripley and the other oh. night man she balled out against winfield so okay Probably awesome. they might do it. I cannot remember her name. He's going to kill me for that. But um, it was oh the girl who Ripley dropped like thirty four against... on Winfield. And then Ripley actually played really well against Nitra in that uh in that yeah. um sectional game. It was yeah, very. So... I actually watched a quarter of that on Facebook. Yeah. So yeah. So she she balled out. So I mean you know big ups to Ripley. I mean they they had a fantastic year and just I think Nitra's... it was Lattimore, buddy. I think that's her last name. Yeah. Just ran into a do a hot nitro team, but no, that's but no, congrats to the lady Indians there in Sisson. Look at us being like the girls basketball getting the shouts out to the this is crazy. You know what? All the girls, and I'll tell you this right now the lasting memory of COVID for me, fellas, when I first knew it was kind of real, real was when they canceled the state high school basketball tournament. I don't know that again. Yes, don't bring that up. Oh, but CJ, and, and I'll tell you. That. Uh, it was so me. heartbreaking because they were in the lobby mm-hmm. and they were just crying because their season was over and like I'm sitting uh, there at the front desk and I was like like walked by the desk and I was like oh wow yeah. I remember you telling me that when it happened like that's awful yeah. yeah like I'm on the phone with you know secondary schools like guys what's going on and yeah I remember that that was heart wrenching yeah and then and, and the worst part about it was at first, the the GM of the hotel was like, wasn't even going to give them, the, wasn't even going to comp their next nights and stuff. It was, it was like, come uh, on now, like take a little, take a little compassion here. Take the business decision out of it. Really. Yeah, come on now. These <laughs> girls are are devastated. They were undefeated and they just lost their yeah. their chance because of this, like hey, but, something out of their control. You know, now I don't have to worry about it anymore. COVID's dead. R.I.P. COVID. Yeah, Actually, yeah. don't don't rest in peace, COVID. Burn in hell, COVID. Yes, and, and <laughs> now it's just say, really. Yeah, now it's just all uh, uh, other. There's only one thing on the news now, um, and uh, it's, not go Ukraine. it's not Ukraine. It's not go Ukraine. <laughs> oh man, but uh, anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll, back we'll, to back we'll, to we'll, we'll, yeah, 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 man. We we that COVID stuff might get cut real quick. And get <laughs> um, but oh man, but COVID's dead. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 the girl. Okay, yeah, here today, gone tomorrow. Back, back to girls. No, but you know the worst part even <laughs> about that was too. After, after the the girls like got devastated, it was like oh wow. And then you you go you go home and the ter- and essentially sports was was done done. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And next you see conference tournaments and college basketball yeah. going down. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, this just happened. And then it was like, oh, see you later. And uh hey, my lasting memory before that was Oscar Sheeway and the Mountaineers. Duncan. Mm. And I just brought his name up. Well that upset against Baylor. Uh, hey, and, and you know what? That's why I think you still gotta be optimistic about hugs. Because think about it. That team a year and a half before that was way worse than this group is. Oh, there's yeah. at least a, there's at least a good decent core group here that well 
you presumably thinking the portal doesn't get crazy might stay and then you add to it. That's the hope, and that's what he's talking about. I mean, he's saying in post game today, you know, he's going to fix it, and he's said that before, and he has fixed it. So, we'll... yeah, I don't think there's any reason to not trust that he'll fix it. Yeah, that's that's the hope. I just, I'm really curious as to what's going on right now in general because it's just su- it's super weird. I mean, but what's so what's super weird about it? Let's let's ask the question. Well, I think what's super weird about it is, um, and I don't, I don't know if you guys have been or or fully caught up on uh, the three guys podcast, but Tony Caridi had said Bill Self said something that he found interesting, which is that coaches nowadays are just going to have to get used to basically an eighty percent on the roster flip every year. And I think that's going to be the the interesting part is is how did much you, of how did much, you just say eighty percent that yeah Bill Self that's what he said at uh, Huggins's fish fry when he was asked about it he said between the transfer portal NIL all of that that there he's really thinking most D one schools or even all schools you're looking at a flipping of an eighty percent of your roster every year. Unless yeah, something massively that's, not even, that's even more than the pros. Yeah. And that's that's AAU. Well, they yeah, don't they don't have any structure to get a handle on it. That's just how it is right now. Yeah. And so did you guys you listen know, to Hugs' me, comments think, about roster management? Um, I don't know if you're or not. I'm gonna go with no. What? Hello? Hello? Yo. Hey, can can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, 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 okay. You were just waiting for I us to respond, and we were responding. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I Okay. I no, was, we said we had I thought there for a second. So. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't hear him either. That's what sucks. I was hoping one of you guys had. <laughs> Supposedly he had said him before this. Uh, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, okay, back to it. Hey, eighty percent with Bill Self of roster turnover every year. That's 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 lunacy, though. That's not college athletics. I mean, hell, at least professionals have contracts. I mean, there needs to be some restructuring. It has to happen, or. People are going to turn away. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the numbers. People are talking about in football that attendance was down. Um, and a lot of people cited this. I mean, something's going to have to shake out because it's kind of – it's definitely not a product that people are excited for, I don't think. Well, I don't, I don't think it's a product people are excited for. It's also kind of hard – you know, because you don't know who's there every year and you're you're learning names and guys are having to learn systems and that kind of thing. I I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna you're I think you're gonna see it kind of curtail itself. It's gonna come back a little bit. And I think the only reason is gonna be is I think the universities are gonna have to find a way to do what they did with coaches. 
like when they come in, basically it's all right, we're going to pay you this for your marketing rights and we're going to go sell it. Here's the money up front. And that way they're not having competing interests and people trying to call in and get all these deals with kids done. And they're going to take control of that a little bit. And I think if that happens, you may see kind of a regression of, of the craziness. At least I would hope that would be the case. It has to happen. Well, you think you think about what's happened with the NFL over the past, say, five years. It dipped in popularity because of a whole host of external factors. In this past year, it was about as popular as it's been in quite a long time, as far as I understand. And I mean, part of that's going to happen with basketball and even football in college. It seems for a little bit while this stuff gets straightened out because there's just it's not an even playing field in the way that it's just not all the same. I mean, there's not, there are not governing standards that all these schools abide by. And until that stability is reached, it's just going to be kind of crazy and people are going to be pissed off and not like it and not watch it for a while. But eventually, you know, as much as people love college athletics, they'll come to basketball primarily, they're going to find their way back. It just has to find that stable ground. Yeah, well, and let me ask you guys this, because um, apparently um, it even um, self talked about it at Huggins's Fish Fry that the the numbers that are being reported for some of these NIL deals, he he flat said they're they're ludicrous and there's no way half of them are true. Do you think at some point there's going to be? any kind of documentation that comes out, okay, these are what the real numbers are and not this lunacy that you're seeing. Like there's no way Bryce Young did 1.2 million in NIL deals. There's no way. Even started, he signed like a $600,000 NIL deal. Well, like before he even took a Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, the kid who went to Ohio State and then went back to Texas. <laughs> Same deal, over a million dollars before he even took a snap. Like, how, but how, but how, but how, like what does that even do? What? How does well, it work? Who well, knows? Is how? How is that real money, or is that just what got reported? And like at some point, the real numbers have got to come out, and there's no way that's what they are. That's the thing; nobody knows. That's interesting, CJ, and I think that's a good point. Self brings up, but what are the numbers? That that's what I'm saying. Like everybody keeps throwing all this NIL stuff around, which I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is, especially at this point. I mean, the hundred dollar handshakes and the Tennessee McDonald's bags don't have a lot of meaning now compared to. I mean, yeah, like I said, anybody just, can do that at any time now, right? That's what this is. Yeah, I mean, because you can promise a kid, oh yeah, you come here, we'll give you this, this, and this. Well, what in what if that actually ends up? Like there's no way some of the deals that have gotten reported or supposedly floating out there are anywhere close to true. I just I can't seem to believe that. And plus, what does that do to kids who are like looking to go there out of high school or even transfer there? Like, how much can they really rely on the information they're getting? Like, what lies at the end of the rainbow at these different schools? I mean, how do they know what's real and what's not? That's doing them a disservice. Like, that's right, what I'm trying to say. There has to be some kind of transparency and some kind of stability with this stuff, or it's just going to keep getting more and more out of control. 
but it's hey, just Zach, so new they don't have that yet. Zach, they'll find it when they find the Lucky Charms at the end of the pot of gold of the rainbow. Okay, that's when they finally. That's where that's where that solution lies, right? It's like trying to chase that pot of gold at the end of that rainbow, right? Because and the grass is an old green on the other side. However many idioms you want to throw out there, we're never going to find it, right? And also, the longer this goes on over the next even year or two there are going to be so many stories that come out about kids who thought they were going to get this that and the other or that the opportunities out there were just so plentiful lucrative and things just completely crashed and burned for them like there's only so many spots that these big time universities that these kids can go to when they transfer out of even places like west virginia and they end up landing flat on their ass Despite yep. all these promises and stuff, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. Right, which is why I'm thinking at some point the universities are going to have to step in because... Oh, they will. Uh, I, th- I think that's what they're wanting to do now. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it will... Because, I mean, they, this could be a legitimate thing for some of the kids in the portal is, is they went to a school, hey, man, come here, we'll get you this NIL deal, this is going to be the number, and it never materialized. They get pissed off, and it's like, all right, well, screw you, I'm out. Like and then what? Right. They, so, they I mean, go to their fourth school in five years, and you know they're essentially playing travel football every year in a new in a new city. Speaking yeah. of, how about Teddy Buckets at New Mexico State? Now his fourth school, if I'm not mistaken, the fifth, <laughs> averaging he, over twenty a game. How is he still listed as a junior? By the way, dude, I don't know. <laughs> COVID's crazy. But Hold I mean, can get points though. Yeah. New Mexico State now. Yeah. No matter the uniform, this kid gets buckets. Hold on. Zach, can we go through just the uh, the lineage that is Teddy Buckets? Like, oh. Give us that, right? I mean, starts at West Virginia. What a long, strange trip it is. He goes, what, to Nebraska next? Yep. And then Wichita State. Gets kicked off before – January, and then I believe he goes JUCO. Did did he? Now let me ask: Was he a Freddie Hoiberg one year guy, or was he there the last year of like whoever was there? He was Hoiberg? he was there under Hoiberg. He was, I believe Freddie so. Hoiberg. Yes. Okay. But I remember watching him at times when he was there, and Hoiberg was the coach, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, but where at Nebraska? Nebraska. Was Hoiberg in Nebraska? Uh huh. He's been for three years. Okay. Okay. So, then he went to Wichita. Really following the Huskers. Oops, I can didn't yeah. didn't last long there. And I'm pretty sure he went JUCO or D2 or something after Wichita. And now he's in New Mexico State. Yeah, averaging like, twenty. Good for Teddy. I mean, every coach is going to look for a guy who can put in the basket. We he sure we could use a guy. Could, we could use a guy who could do that. Okay, so let let me throw out the hypothetical. Would you bring him back? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, kid's a nut. Oh, uh, I know. I'm just as bad as we've been offensively at times. Would you? W- would you consider? Would you kick the tires? That's all I'm asking. Well, that's a nice parlay, but I wanted to talk about next because as bad as we've been offensively tonight, our defense was dog ass. And although I didn't watch any of the game. You're listened. just looking at the percentages. <laughs> now listen, I I listened to the last I think six or seven minutes of the game you didn't on the radio, listen, 
and all I kept hearing was wide open drive to the basket, layup, good. And Caridi just getting more and more dejected as he covered the game. And he made a comment. I think it was right before the buzzer sounded. He said to Jay, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. And Jay implored him not to be a prisoner of the moment. But even still, him recognizing that he was trying to avoid doing that, he said in his 38 years of covering Mountaineer basketball, that's the worst defense he'd ever seen them play. Now that's saying something. Prisoner of the moment or not, to even put that performance up there, like that's, that's saying something. That is saying something for Cree to say that. And he doesn't he doesn't oftentimes like make statements like that. No. So no, it's not. But I mean, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a prisoner of the moment. I, I think if you look at some of like the deep metric stuff, like I heard a stat the other day, they're giving up like 57 percent of the shots they give up are uncontested i mean they they're letting That's, guys get to the rim they're, at will there are only two power five teams worse than than we are right now at that it's byu and vandy so i mean those are byu's been a good team at times in the in the past so well, here's but yeah, it's, it's not good. Not good company. Chris Anderson tweeted this earlier. West Virginia ranked coming into this game against Oklahoma, they ranked 340th in the nation in non-blocked two-point defense, allowing 59.4 percent conversion at non-blocked two-point field goal attempts. So that indicates basically you're not contesting shots. Your rim protection sucks. And you're just letting them drive straight to the basket, and then and that's tonight, out of what three hundred fifty schools. Oklahoma went nineteen of twenty nine on non block twos, sixty six percent. Like that's just that's bad defense. How many times does the guy get back cut? You see it all the time with this team. Oh, it's constant. Yeah, it's and like but, they're scrambling all the time. Like they they are trying to make rotations. They're trying to get out on shooters and all this different stuff. They just don't do it effectively all the time and certainly not for the entirety of a game. And even worse, toward the end of a game, I mean, we've lost how many games down the stretch? That's that's one thing I've told you guys before. That's maybe the most frustrating thing about this team is, like, they're not good, but they've been good enough to be in almost every game they've played except for a couple, yeah. and they just find a way to mess it up. It's just it's demoralizing, and I can't imagine how demoralizing it is for the guys who are actually a part of it. But what are they doing to where they consistently just can't finish games? And they just is it? I mean, does it just get to a point where it's kind of like a hitter in a slump? It's just you just don't. I don't you think don't have it. You can't call this a slump. Game. Like they've done it enough to where it's not a slump. It's just you are what you are. But you always, yeah, you always found a way to not win the game at the end. Yeah, that's just that's just how they are. They don't have enough to pull it out at the end. They don't have enough options offensively. They don't have enough shooting that's consistent. Their defense certainly isn't consistent enough. I mean, they're I think they're the worst team in the Big Twelve in defensive scoring. Like it's just, uh, it's. I mean, Zach, you, know, you do back this stuff up, kind of saying it here. I mean, since since kind of the uh, the win against Iowa State at home. 
Yeah, you kind of got trounced at Oklahoma State, but then K-State, you had a lead. Lost a tight one. Kansas, okay, whatever. Um, in the Coliseum, gave good effort, but you were overmatched. TCU kind of were in that game for a while. Iowa State, obviously. Texas Saturday, of course. Mm-hmm. And then tonight was, was a game. I mean, y- you never went away, but you never really – it was the weird deal where, like, even when you were down, like, four a few times, you never really were like, ah, we're going to get back in this. We're going to win this thing. You just – they all seen too much. Right after that because the defense was that bad. And even if you want to back it up further, Baylor, you play them at home. Granted, they're depleted. They only have one coach. You find a way to lose that one. It's just like it never Wow. Happened. Holy shit. This Wisconsin game, I'm behind. Fuck, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Ivy, bang. <laughs> Holy shit. That dude is cold. Holy shit. Don't say anything. Oh, no way. (laughs) Are you for real? Dude, fucking crazy, right? That was dope. And they said it was a two. Was this foot on the lawn? Oh, I definitely think it was. Okay, I couldn't tell. I was just shocked that he made it. Me too. Holy shit. CJ, are you watching this shit? Yeah, I'm flipping over to it right now. Oh, man, you fucked up. Dude, oh, here you go. Because I, I was like, how do you make that shot? Like, oh, shit. I, don't, I didn't say anything there. Or maybe Yes, thank you for letting that be a secret. Like, letting that be a surprise for me, because that was that was sick. Dude, so you just thought Ivy made the shot, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, dude. I, when you said, holy shit, Wisconsin, I guess it was Davison, he missed the front end. And I'm like, oh, don't ruin it. And then Ivy comes down and hits it. And I thought that's what you were talking about. I had no idea <laughs> Wisconsin did that. that dude, I didn't, I didn't say... Dude, I didn't say a word until Ivy made the shot. And yeah, because I'm behind. Yeah, and I was still just like saying, holy oh, shit, holy shit. He was way behind the line on that. I think you're right. Look at like a again. Foot. Damn. This has been a good game. It has been. These are two awesome teams. Good team. Yeah. I don't trust Wisconsin away from the Cole Center. Yeah. I, it's pretty much Davis and a, guy, a bunch of guys who can play, but not take yeah. them all the way. Davidson's pretty solid. I like Davidson's him. good. Yeah. I'm just saying, like as far as guys you can really rely on, it's like yes. it's kind of like a Javon Carter led team. Like you got guys who can play, and you can play as a good team. But but really down the hit. stretch, you got to have more than one guy who can get you there. Yep, yep. And Purdue, I love Purdue, but uh, yeah. I never can trust them. Every time I've ever liked a team. From Purdue in the tournament, it's fucked me. You've you've told me this before. It's a thing. It is a thing. Well, you stay away from them this year, then. I will. I'll make them a round of thirty-two exit, and they'll win the whole thing. Because I think I kind of like them. I I love them. I think they're a team that could maybe buck that trend, but I'm not picking them to go very far in the tournament. And when hey. that happens, they're going to win the whole thing. Um, Matt Painter. They've they've kind of got everything you need. They they're awesome inside, and they've got something in Ivy that they haven't had. Like they don't, they've not had a guy who's just that awesome on the perimeter and getting to the rack. Like he can do everything, and they've also got that size with with Edie and Williams. Like they're good, real good, dangerous. Yeah, I, I, I mean, who who matches up with Edie and Williams in the country? Nobody. 
I mean, I Duke mean, maybe. Duke maybe. That'd be let's one of the teams on, I would let's say. Bring on, let's bring on Kentucky. Yeah. If I'm Purdue, I'm cool with that. That'd be fun. That'd be a really fun game. I would like to see that. I would like to see and that. It's March. It's March as of today. Let's get it. Yes, but where are the odds of March? Man, I, I, it just sucks we won't be a part of it with West Virginia. Let's let's close out this West Virginia conversation here real quick. Where were we at right before that? Oh, shit, I forgot. I don't know either. <laughs> I got really excited let's, about that shit. I, I agree, dude. It was It was worth it, too. I wish I could go back. I mean, I guess we could just do one little thing I kind of wanted to do before we got off that. And then, um, and I'll cut it in there. So I just kind of want to know, fellas, who on this team that could come back is back. I mean, I think John has to come back. Katie doesn't necessarily have to, but why not? I mean, I don't think he's been part of the problem. Come out. If I'm Sean, do we want him back? Uh, that's a little too soon to beat on all that. Like, I think he's been slumping seriously. But I think if you have guys that you bring in, and even guys that are freshmen right now who will be better next year, to where Sean doesn't have to be the only guy out there doing everything. Because, I mean, it's basically been him and Taz. And I'd agree. If you can, if you can scheme Sean out of the game whenever he's like the second option, that's it's just too predictable. Zach, how would you say the defense has been though with Sean? It's been questionable. Okay, I mean that's. But it's been a whole career, so what's changed? No, that's that's fair. So I mean, I think that he should be back. Whether he will be or not, who the hell knows? Keaty's been hurt. I don't think he's been part of the problem. I think he's part of the solution. And I, I think he really likes him. I'd like Keaty to be back. He those, can, are the, those are the two seniors who can come back. So, I mean. I mean, I feel like Kobe and, and Seth will come back. Oh, I mean, Hugs has talked. He's saying their praises. He's talked about how he really thinks that these young guys are going to be playing. He said the other day that these younger guys are going to be playing Taz like menace next year. And he yeah. said that straight up and, well, and he primarily he's, talking about Kobe and Seth. Yeah. Well, and he's even said, um, James, James of Conquo, mm-hmm. like he keeps singing his praises saying that kid's going to surprise a lot of people. And he's, they're what? really high on him. Why but, don't we just play? He's trying well, to in their eligibility, I guess. Well, he's, he's trying to get him, I guess medically redshirt. I guess that foot's still pretty, pretty messed so up. So now but that, yeah, but of... the the only problem is is that medical redshirt says you can't play in the second half of the year, and he has. Oh, it's tough. So I don't know. I think they're they're going to have to go a little outside of that. Which, I mean, if you can prove, hey, it's messed up. I mean, you might be able to to get it. But if if the NCA sticks the letter of the law on it, he's going to get screwed out of it. Well, based on comments he made after the game, even tonight, he acts like he's trying to get him and King to be redshirted. But who knows how that'll work out? That's his. That's his intention. Hmm. Because he's obviously played Seth and Kobe too much. Like they can't redshirt. Yeah, and I think that was. Okay. I think we're okay with that. Right. 
And he even said, like, in regards to King and Akonkwo, he was like, why would I spoil getting them a red shirt to play him just when guys ahead of them or older guys aren't doing their job? And I agree with that. Like, you don't want to burn these guys when you don't have to. Yeah. Especially if they they want to. I just hope he hasn't already done it. Yeah. (laughs) You'd like to think hopefully he hasn't already done it. I mean, um, he's he's been at this a long time. I feel like he's probably got a grip on how this stuff works. I would I would assume. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, the rules are always ever changing. That's for sure. Also true. But I feel like the Bears got an idea. And I'll say this: every time, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I like to have Sean back, but we also need to have good Sean back too. Yeah, we have to. We have the to. Sean, we've the Sean we've been seeing of late's not. Not what we would hope to see from Sean, and obviously not what Sean would want to see from himself either. That's for sure. Um, I mean, Curry kind of took over. It'd be nice to see him back in a Mountaineer uniform next year, no doubt. But it is what it is. I mean, I'll say this every time that we've been down, it doesn't take long for us to get back up. When people, when he says, you know, he's going to fix it, he is going to fix it. It may not happen overnight. But it'll happen by the next year or two years. That's for sure. And I have no reason to believe it won't. I mean, as long as you have a solid core like this group kind of does, in terms of there is some talent there with Wilson and Kobe. Cottrell obviously has some skill and bridges. Cottrell has shown flashes over the past couple weeks to where you're thinking maybe he's finally getting past the injury itself or just the mentality around trying to do everything he can. With that, he's still got a long way to go, but he has to be he has to be a part of the solution because he's got too much ability to not be good or at least not be a part of the you know, part of the solution and same with bridges. He just got to do what he hasn't done to this point in his career. And that's established consistency. Yep. And there's been big time flashes for bridges. Oh, I just absolutely. Hope, I just hope the portal doesn't, you know, rear its ugly head against us with guys. Hopefully we're able to keep guys around and then we're also able to add to it. You know, well, hopefully because- with those two local guys, that won't be the case, but you just never know. Yeah. You, you definitely hope not with bridges. Who's the other local guy, Zach? Well, Cottrell went to Huntington Prep, so if you want to call oh, a guy. gotcha. I I didn't I, d- I didn't put the Huntington Prep part connection into it, it wasn't it wasn't connecting there at first. Um, I gotcha. But uh, man, I mean, hey, we definitely know that we will not be down for long, and I think that's comforting to know. Um, and and I. I Trust, trust in hugs, man. I think you just got to trust in them. And, you know, this year was rough. There's no question about it. But I don't think it was for lack of effort. I think we just got caught flat-footed due to some major losses to this team that maybe we could have added to and done a little bit better job in the portal, but he was holding on because he thought some of these guys were going to be back. I think that's fair to say, right? 
Yeah, I, I think so because he came out. Hugs came out. I think it was earlier this week or late last week talking about you know the the deadline for the NBA guys declaring. He'd like to see moved up because I think, especially with a guy like Deuce, there was so much time in between, and I think I I I really think Hugs was expecting Deuce back. I I think we all were expecting him back until he wasn't, right? Yeah. So and I and I think I think that hurts too, and I think from a coaching standpoint that hurts too because you don't want to fill a guy's spot especially a guy like deuce and then he comes back and says no coach i'm coming back and all of a sudden now you're scrambling to find a place to put him well you're not finding scrambling a place to put that guy you're scrambling well right for, for minutes for the guys who came in to replace him or uh, or a spot entirely i mean you know who knows but i mean i i, I think he expected uh this team to look a lot different than it did. And, you know, obviously they didn't do a great job in the portal, which they've talked about, but, um, you know, I, I think this team has been probably his most trying because I, he, at this point now he's done the, the typical Huggins thing where he's been harsh in the media. Then he was praising them beyond belief. And now he's kind of just back to that. You know what? I don't know what to do with them thing. I think I think you're right saying this is one of his, if not his most frustrating team, simply because, like, go back to what four, I think four years ago after Javon and Dax left, and you've got the incoming freshman with McCabe and Culver and Emma Matthews and all those guys, like you were excited for them because they were new and they were all you know pretty highly recruited but they were all so young. Like, you can live with growing pains when you have a team full of young guys. This team has seven seniors. And granted, they're not all homegrown guys who have been here three, four years. But when you have that much experience in the college level or at the college level, you expect more. I mean, you don't think you're going to get 14 wins. Like, even coming into the season, I told you guys that I was apprehensive for this reason and that reason. But I didn't expect us to win 14 freaking games and only three in the big yeah. 12. Like, that's crazy. Zach, you know what's crazy, though, too, though, dude? Think about this real quick. If you flip the script on about three or four games, which is real easy to do, could have happened real easy, it's a totally different story right now. I know, but even still, like, that's... Oh, I'd agree. 100%. 100%. But it, it's, I mean... It truly could be that way right now. It, it, it snowballed the wrong way. And when it snowballs the wrong way on us, it Coach K, Coach K, when that happens to him, he sits out, right? But when, like, when it happens to us, we just kind of fester in our kind of the negative part of the season. And Hugs kind of does what he says like he did with the media to try and like just keep people from going ballistic um and then he moves on and, and we we move on and we come back you could uh, sometimes say better than ever in, in certain instances um i don't think i would say it after the, after the one press virginia run but i mean he always comes back strong and then we have a good run i'd expect the same 
That's the hope. I don't yeah. I don't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, tons of players in the portal. I mean, at all times. So, you know, if, if you get a couple guys at some of these transfers that have done well in other places like K-State, you know, you get – I mean, they would have had 50% of their – or 50 of their 70 points there the other night. 78 points came from transfers. I mean, you get a couple scores in there, boom, things change. Um, I mean, look what it did at Iowa State. Put them into a uh, to a tournament team. Hey, yeah. so so guys, let's kind of talk national pitcher here real quick. Zach, I I don't want we'll get to it here in a minute, but um, you are going to have to defend some stuff here. Okay, <laughs> for one game. Just, I'm not ready oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'll defend nothing. Well, it, it, it's coming. Just be ready. Zach, it sucks. It's going to be ready, buddy. <laughs> what what team do you do you kind of look at here? That's in that right around in the the mid twenties to twenty that you think could really make a run in the tournament, or a team that's maybe outside the top twenty five um, that you think you know what that team gets hot. I like them to win a couple games, maybe even get deep into the second weekend. Anybody in particular? I mean, why not a team like Connecticut? Only because. They had their bouts with injuries, and, you know, obviously they're not in a power conference right now, per se, but I think... Ooh, taking a stab at the Big East. I said not really, but, you know, they have have a damn good team. They've got a really good coach in Hurley. Like, they, they can make some noise, and, I mean, in the past decade, they've had a couple teams that have come into the tournament, you know, maybe not as highly seated as traditional UConn teams like in the Calhoun days, but they made a lot of noise. And I can see that happening again. A team that's not in the 20s necessarily, but, you know, oh, hey, getting I, close. I, to th- I like it, Zach. I mean, I think that's a, a great pick by you. Okay. I like Cole. Love Sanango inside. Those guys are I tough. Mean, they're real tough. He's got a lot of length. He can score down there. Um Tyrese Martin's a pretty good shooter and a rebounder, kind of a swing guy, pretty good. Whaley can make some shots. I mean, mm-hmm. they're – Got guys. They're, yeah, they're, they're a very, very interesting team. Um, and another and team – got size, they got length. The, isn't quite to the 20 area, but is getting close to that spot just because they've been dealing with injuries of their own. UCLA, I'm not going to stop beating down that door. Like, they've got everybody from that – Final Four team last year. Okay. I think I think they can make a serious run, even though they're not in the twenties or outside the top twenty-five, like you were kind of hinting at. I really do like them. Uh, I mean, hey Zach, I think that's where you find some value picks, right? Is mm. in this area right now, this part of the season, because some of these teams might fall back into the five line. Some of those teams might surge up to the three line potentially, depending on how things shake out. I mean, and you're picking UCLA. I mean, Juzang, man, he has to carry them again um, in the in the tournament like he did last year. I mean, that's but, that's the key, right? I mean, is UCLA – I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like they've been a solid team this year, but I don't feel like they have a ton of great wins. They're – Well, they've been depleted with their own injuries similar to UConn. It's very true. They went through some COVID pauses. They definitely have what it takes to win some big games in March, obviously – but they weren't that great of a team before that run last year, right? So, like, 
they're a team that kind of I'm I'm kind of hesitant to take deep or to make a Final Four run. I think they're very talented, but I think maybe they used up all that magic they had last year. And that's very possible. I I still believe, and I as much as I think Cronin's kind of an asshole, he's a damn good coach. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think they have that that mojo, man. Um, you know, a team I really am. I'm really feeling though right now, and that's Arkansas. Oh, the must bus. I'm 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 all aboard the must bus right now. Always, um, my guy. I mean, dude, they're they're playing with a lot of passion. I mean, you know what? It's kind of funny. We kind of saw that turning when we were down there when we played them. You were seeing what Arkansas could become. Mm-hmm. And now well, look, damn sure come along. Yeah, I mean. I really, really like, really, really like the Hogs. I mean, Note is a very, very accomplished and very skilled guard. Um, you know, Stanley Yumide, and that, that's a tough name to say, man. He can flat out play. I really like Jalen Williams, too. Has a lot of length, man. They run. I mean, they – Arkansas is, is very – and I think going – they're very, very skilled, but they're also very, very tough. And I think going through those struggles early in the season like they did and kind of coming out the other side of it is only going to make them a, a team that, that I like even more come March. And I think they kind of feed off of, a, you know, the must-bust energy. And I think it kind of, kind of fuels them. They kind of want to play for the guy. And I think that can only help when you want to play for your coach come March, and with that skill, I really like Arkansas as a potential Final Four team that maybe not everybody's talking about. Yeah, I, I like that one. You kind of took that one from me. I, I'm going to give you one, and you, you guys are going to kind of look at me side-eyed, but there's kind of a reason if if they get in that I wouldn't be shocked if they made a deep round. I'm not saying Final Four, but I could see an Elite Eight knocking on the door type run here. And we did talk about them just a minute ago, and that's Iowa State. And here's the reasoning. Sometimes you get a guy who gets hot. Isaiah Brockton is a guy, he gets hot. He could carry them, and we've seen it before. Kimba Walker at UConn carried them to a national title game. Shabazz like, Napier, another that, UConn guy. Yeah, Napier did it. Like, sometimes you see a guy, man, he gets hot and he carries his team – through the Sweet 16 into an Elite Eight, knocking on that door, that that kid just has a feel like when those lights come on, he's not gonna shy away from trying to be like he's not gonna be afraid to have the ball in his hands. Like, and you saw the other night, man, when he gets a couple to go down, forget it. Hmm. Very like, intriguing. Know, it just yeah, it just that team has kind of a weird feel to it to me. Yeah, granted they've come back, they haven't played as well. Big, you know, tough league in the Big Twelve. But they get a you know favorable seating that they could be an interesting team to watch, and obviously we'll see what happens in the Big Twelve tournament too with them. But that that's a team for me. I'm kind of I'm gonna be paying attention to where the committee if they make it in where the committee puts them. Very interesting. We're gonna keep this three for three theme here uh, for three, and I kind of want to now know from each of us the team we're gonna fade. Who's a team that you see on the bracket you're kind of excited 
uh, and you you might, especially with the right matchup, pull the trigger even in the first round on an upset. Do you have one, CJ, right off the bat that you kind of see that everyone has in kind of on that top six seed line to seven that you're like, yeah, I'm picking against that team for sure? Um, right now, um, as much as I hate to say it, I, I'm looking at it. Um, I this is gonna hurt you a little bit, Blaine. I Providence. Mm. Wow, I mean, they're gonna be a two or a three CJ, really? Yeah, I don't know. They're they're just I don't know you. You start kind of getting into this time of year. Sometimes matchups matter. Not really being in that position before, um, you know. And something scares me when you go into a game and you're a double digit underdog as a top ten team. Hey, what CJ, that tells me they were totally Vegas wrong though. You. They were the, the desert was totally wrong. The, the desert was, and battled. But, they gave him a great game. They're too high on Nova. That's first and, and foremost. And, and that may be true, but I'm just I'm looking at it going, man, if you're going to give me a team that I think might just not be ready for the moment, it might be them. And got a lot of talent on that team, buddy. No, you A lot do, of senior leadership, too. I feel like they're a second weekend team for sure. I think Providence, I'll, I'll you know, we may have to throw a little something down here. On the Friars is a second weekend team for sure. I'm yeah, definitely well, going and with it that. gets tough too. I mean, because you just you never know about the matchup. I mean, you look at the Mountaineers a couple of years ago; everybody loved them. You get a tough matchup in Stephen F. Austin, and you get bounced. It, no, it, it a team right now that I'm picking against, and they might slide back up into a six line. Ohio State, you're going to be done in the first round. I don't care who you're playing. That's all that against you. Just picking against you. I had a feeling that was going to be one of yours. Like, every time I watch them play, I'm like, how is this team ranked? And then they proceed to to prove me right. Back-to-back L's to unranked conference foes. It's it's I mean, Liddell and it's Holtman. I mean, that's that's the reason why. I mean, otherwise yeah. they've got not they a ton. They don't have it, though. Like, mm-hmm. Illinois is in that same range. I like them. Ohio State, eh. I like yeah. Iowa, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Iowa's solid. Um, okay, Zach, let's get to it. We have to because we're in that range of teams that are kind of there. St. Mary's, do you really like them? Hold on a minute. Can I give my team that I'm fading because you're really going to like it? Oh, okay. yeah, sorry, buddy. I, I jumped the gun. Yeah, hit me. Villanova. Ooh. <laughs> yes, I love I'll it. I'll fade Villanova it. this year big time. Oh, yeah. They did have a nice win tonight, but oh, for sure. I'm not saying they can't win, but I could definitely see them getting bounced early. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't, I could. Yeah, I, I could too. I, I'm kind of shocked, Zach or Blaine. One of you guys didn't go with Houston. I don't. I don't mind Houston. I, I don't. I don't love them. Love them. I'm with you, Zach. I don't love them this year, but I still I like their defense to grind out probably a first round win. I I find it hard to bet against Kelvin Sampson this time of year. Like he just. He's a good coach. Yeah, he is. And man, they have a good team. They're not the same team as they were last year with no Grimes. But I mean, dude, Marcus Sassler's still a baller. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's still a great player. And Edwards as well has come in and done well. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have they rebound the ball. They play tough D. 
I'm not saying I was high on Houston last year. You know, I mean, if we wouldn't have been in the same bracket with the Mountaineers, um, I had them would have had them, you know, making it a lot farther. And uh, there was about half of them I had Houston, half of them I had us because I just loved loved that Houston team last year. They're not on that same level, but man, they're not a team I'm looking to fade. That's for sure. Um, so Zach. I know you just kind of you went on Nova there. Um, let's talk St. Mary's, though, man. We got to get to it. I know you were trying to delay the inevitable. You don't want to talk about the Gales because it inevitably leads to to some conversation about your Zags. But um, who's Zags? Oh, oh who's Zags? <laughs> I think you know who Zags they are. Okay. Anyway, I, I love you're about to turn your back on them. No, hit me, no. Hit me with your St. Mary's thoughts real quick. I want to hear your CJ as well on the backside of it. I'm going to chalk it up to the one really crazy college basketball college basketball weekend there is every year. That's all I got. I mean, so you don't have anything to say about St. Mary's. Do you want me what to be honest? Say? I didn't watch yeah. the game. <sighs> okay. Okay. I think that hurts. That hurts. I think, you, I think you St. Mary's, great. I think St. Mary's is always after Gonzaga every single year. That's their game they circle with their plays every single year. And more often than not, they find a way to be competitive with them, even when they probably shouldn't. And that's what happened here. I mean, not to say the St. Mary's is in a solid team. I don't know much about them, but, I mean, they're in the top 25. What else do I need to know? Obviously, in that conference, if you're in the top 25, then you're doing something right. So, I'm just saying – that's a game that matters way more to St. Mary's than Gonzaga. And I'm not saying that's a reason for them to have lost, but it's a long season. Shit happens. I'm not taking too much into, into account on it. Well, Zach, I'll tell you from a guy who watched the, uh, the game, dude, old Koozie dominated the pace of play with guns. I mean, St. Mary's just had Gonzaga, befuddled and had him at an arm's length the entire game. I don't think Gonzaga is as good as you think they are. Um, and I think here's one thing to think about. They had to play a competent road opponent with a real atmosphere. And they do it maybe twice a season, a competent opponent, and they always lose one of those games. Think about if they had to do that night in and night out on the road in a real conference. They would not be the number one overall seed. End of discussion. Uh, probably not. Coast Conference is not the league that should ever have a team ranked number one. It just shouldn't. Sorry. Gonzaga lost to Alabama. They lost to St. Mary's. They should not be number one. What other wins do they have? I mean, come on. Let's be real. Yeah, they beat UCLA. How good is UCLA, really? Well, they lost the dude. I'll give Marty Wack poetic about them. So, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's just I watched what I saw of Gonzaga on on Saturday night in the second half. They didn't have the it factor of a team that's going to win a national championship. Chet Holmgren looks a little awkward out there on the floor. I give St. Mary's a lot of credit. They had some dudes making some threes that it was like, wow, I cannot believe this is going in for this guy. But they took the big shots in that big moment. I don't think they're a second weekend team, 
But, man, they had a big one, like you said, Zach. In their building, they were ready to roll. And that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, because Zach is right. I mean, St. Mary's does kind of kind of circle that game. Those have been kind of the, the two big ones in that conference. I, I think the thing that stood out to me was St. Mary's on the defensive end really making Gonzaga work 36% from the floor for the game. And then – Tout rebounded by four, never, never trailing that game. Like St. Mary's, I don't know if they gave you the blueprint to beat Gonzaga, but they definitely gave you some tape to look at and go, okay, there's some things. If we can do this here and stifle them, we've got, they're extremely beatable. Zach, what do you think? Something's college basketball. Are they extremely? Is it, are those, are your Zags extremely beatable in March? Could TCU beat Gonzaga in a? In Gonzaga, maybe slides to the. Let's say Gonzaga slide. No, they're not going to slide to the two. It's impossible because they're not going to lose a second straight time to St. Mary's. But let's just say they're playing TCU in an eight nine game. TCU think they can beat your Zags? I think anybody can beat anybody in March. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm not trying to be whatever, but at the end of the day, I don't think as much as I do think Gonzaga is a team who can go all the way, just because I think they're extremely talented, you know, one through seven. And ultimately, that's what you're looking at in March. It's just really, really hard to say that there's a team out there who's a cut above the rest, no questions asked. I don't think there is anybody this year. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you you look at the poll right now. Duke has the second most first place votes with eleven, but they're fourth behind Arizona and Baylor. And we talked of, about last of, pod. Yeah, like such a crazy weekend in college basketball where everyone was losing. That was at the top. Like that just that just shows to go the parity. The Duke has the second most first place votes, but is in fourth place, number four in the poll. Yeah, ahead well, of that and- big game Saturday. Going to be exciting. Yeah, well, and you're at kind of at this time of the year too, where you're in league play. You're seeing teams for you know a second time because I don't think anybody, real like I, I, you know, Baylor, Kansas. I was like, okay, I, I expect Baylor to win the second matchup just because you know second time you're seeing them, it's two heavyweights. It's usually kind of how those things go, um, you know. But if if you're Gonzaga, you you cannot lose the St. Mary's. I get it. They're probably the second best team in that conference, but you, you want to be number one, you want to be considered, then you've got to find a way to just flat dominate that conference and run it. And I mean, you, you think about these teams we're talking about, you know, the top, the top considerations for the number one seeds. We already discussed Gonzaga. You kind of just touched on Baylor which Baylor is vulnerable in their own way. I mean, they're not untouchable. They definitely not battle against teams. They probably shouldn't have, but that's just part of the grind in the big 12. Every team has to go through that every year, but you know, losing everyday John is a big deal for them. Even though Thomba has been playing his absolute ass off this season, but I also really like them. Like they could be a team that could make the final four and I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. And then you got Arizona, who's playing right now. They're extremely dangerous, but when's the last time Arizona did anything for you in March? 
Well, and you know, I mean, the thing is, that was Sean Miller, a pit guy. Also that's, true. That's part of it. I like this Lloyd guy. Comes off the Gonzaga tree, by the way. Zach will give you a little love for that. Must love. Um, yeah. But, I mean, man, they have so much talent. Mm-hmm. It is wild. You know, another team with a lot of talent um, that I thought was pretty good, but maybe did they peak too early? I'm not sure. And that's Auburn. What do you guys think about Auburn? I kind of like them. I still but, love Auburn. Yeah, I mean, man, they just had a rough go of it. Um, Saturday there, man, watching them play against against Tennessee was was rough. And then losing, you know, the, the prior Saturday to, to Florida. I mean, they had been playing extremely well. But, you know, I feel like it's one of those things. Uh, that's a team that kind of rebounds from these couple losses. And a team that I'm considering to throw into that Final Four as well, Zach. Yeah, it's it's weird with them because the SEC isn't like super powerful this year besides them and Kentucky. And obviously Tennessee's been a really good team, but it's very I don't buy top heavy. Though. Don't buy Tennessee in March. Well, I'm just saying as far as like teams that you have to respect, at least to some degree. I think Arkansas has to get into that list too. Zach. Oh, hundred percent Arkansas. I don't know how I could leave them off. But again, they're extremely top heavy. They're not a top to bottom league like the Big Ten, Big no. Twelve type deal. Yeah. So, it's kind of hard to assess what they could be, but I still really like them. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. On, and, and Bruce Pearl, you know, regardless of how he gets guys to get where he needs to get them to be, um, he's a pretty good coach too. Yeah, sure. he is. Now, now, the one thing that I think with Auburn, that, and I'm kind of with you, Blaine, gives me a little pause with them is – you look at their their losses, they've all come on the road or neutral site. So it's almost like you get them out of their building and they're vulnerable. Now, I mean, seven and three on the road, still really, really impressive. But it's almost like they get out of that, that confines of being at home with their crowd and they're a little bit of a different team. Yeah, which I think this time of year can hurt you because now you're going to be neutral sites. Yeah, all the time. Um, you know, one one team I did want to ask you guys about, and because I really like them, but I'm not really sure if it's just because they're a, a Big Twelve team and I love the way they play defense. But Texas Tech is that a team that we should be fading, or is that a team that we should be looking at to maybe make that run? I, I'm. I'm not a thousand percent sold because, you know, Zach, I think I could see him losing in the first round in a bad matchup if they don't shoot well. I was having that same thought about 15 minutes ago when you were asking about teams who you're kind of thinking, eh, I'm not sure about because I really do like them in general as just a really good team. But they're a team that I think could get tripped up early as a, a three or a four. Yeah. If, if somebody comes out shooting the lights out against mm-hmm. them. And they get tight, and it just it happens in March in the tournament. What makes it the tournament? But I, I feel like Texas Tech is somewhat vulnerable to that potentially happening. One yeah, thing I mean, I've always been told growing up from my dad watching March Madness and things like that, one thing you've really got to have in March is good guards. Like you oh, can't yeah. get through the tournament without good guards. And I don't know how many really good guards Texas Tech has that they can rely on. I mean, it's, it's mostly Shannon. And Arms, I mean, Arms is good. 
But I don't know if they have that consistent guard play they really need to make a run. I think they could get hit early. I think the you know because it's like the is the Warren kid. The Warren kid's more of a, a forward. McCuller more McCullers of a forward. You know, Williams more of a forward. Quite honestly, Zach, I think consider Shannon to be more of a, a point, a, more of a guard forward. Anyway, like they don't have mm-hmm. a true point guard, like you said. I mean, Arms is a big dude. I mean, the closest thing they probably have to a true point guard <coughs> is probably old, um, old man. I pronounce his name terribly, but uh, no, Naldoni from France. Oh, Clarence Naldoni, former yeah, West Clarence, recruit. Yeah, I mean, he's probably the closest thing they have. To a point guard, and he doesn't really play all that many minutes. Like, no, he's more of a reserve. Yeah, they're they're a tough squad, man, t- to peg. Um, they are because I mean they'll they'll get at you on the defensive end, but you know Zach pointed it out. You know they're they're really inconsistent, especially at the guard play. You know we saw Shannon light us up, and then he'll go out the next night and give you an O for O for eight outing, and you barely notice he's on the floor and this time of year you just you can't have that and i'm i'm kind of with you guys i i tend to kind of look at them as fading just because i don't know if i can trust trust them offensively to get key buckets when they gotta have them right then you gotta have that march yeah one last one here guys does kentucky feel more like a second weekend team or are they a team that gets eliminated on that first weekend or could Kentucky be a team that you're looking at saying they might cut down the whole nets? I'm sticking with Kentucky as a team that I think can make a run. Yeah, I I definitely think Kentucky could end up in the final four. I mean, they, they are good. Um, Are they beatable in the first round? Are they, are they susceptible to that upset in the first round? I don't think they will be with where I'm with they're you, Zach. seated. I think yeah, they with are. where they're going to get seated with with Coach Cal, and then you're it's... talking about whoever they face. They're not going to have the bodies to match up with a guy like Oscar. Like, it's... is there still one line potential for them? Uh, I'd agree, Zach. I think there is one line potential for them. If they if they went out, win the SEC championship. I mean, I definitely think they could get there. I mean, would I think it's going to come down to what? Whoever wins the SEC championship tournament, if it's Auburn, Kentucky will get the will get a one. Right. You feel like Duke at this point in time, if they if if they get it done Saturday and coach Coach Case finale mm-hmm. um, at Cameron, gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch. I'm excited for these series as well. The the, the yeah, four part I, as long as I don't think as long as Duke doesn't trip up, you know, against UNC or you know somehow screw up and lose in the first their first game in the ACC tournament. I think they're almost a lock at this point. I don't know about a lock, CJ. I think they would need to at least make it to the ACC probably championship before I'm saying they're a lock for a one. Um, because let's just say, like, Kansas comes up in there and, and wins it all but beats Baylor in a tough one. Do we knock Baylor off the one line? Like, you That's know, another thing. If does you know, Arizona continue to stay between, be the one line? Like, whoever wins the Big 12 between Kansas and Baylor, you would expect to get a one. Right. So, like, I'm not sure I'm locking Duke into the one. Because, right. like, what if Purdue comes through the Big 10 and and wins, you know, wins the rest of their games here? 
uh, and wins the Big Ten tournament. I mean, I could easily see Purdue with a, with a, a finale win over Indiana and then a Big Ten tournament ch- title sneaking into that one line. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be more with Ponce over that matter at this point in time. I, I, and I agree with all of that, but I am still <clears throat> going to tell you it's a committee room full of dudes, and it's Coach Case last year. Mm. I that's, just, a, that's fair. I, that's, that's a fair <laughs> point too, CJ. Good point. Good point. Didn't I guess didn't didn't think that one through. But the ACC is so bad this year, they need to make the championship for them Which, to and I, and hold I, and the I one. And I think they will because I, I, I expect them to win the ACC tournament because I just – I don't they're, – they're so much better than everybody else in that conference. There's nobody there that can even touch them when they play their best game. Well, then again, even when they don't play their best, they should. By the way, got me a sweet Duke shirt today, Coach K. From Barstool, it says "Legend" on it. Pretty, pretty pumped about it. So let me ask this real quick: <clears throat> Who's your favorite to land the Duke job? Well, I mean, Shire's already got. That'd be Shire. I mean, they've already have they announced. I must admit, I oh, yeah, he's coaching last Like essentially, they when they announced Coach K was done, they said Shire was taking the job. Like it was just like a okay. It's already been decided, and like. The only the only thing that kind of goes against that is the stuff that um, and I'm blanking on the guy's name now. He's a sports reporter. He wrote a book about Coach K and all this stuff. And one of his former players getting passed on the job for Shire. Did you see that stuff? You're talking about Tommy Emaker? Yeah. I did not know about this. Yeah. So apparently, and I'm pissed i can't think of the guy's name it's something o'connor i think Ian o'connor maybe hold on uh we'll cut this out i gotta find this damn dude arizona's fucking sick they are yeah it is Ian o'connor so apparently there was mention in that book about how there was stuff about Tommy Amaker maybe being the coach. I don't know the exact specifics, but it was a whole thing on social media and all that about, you know, was there race involved, yada, yada, yada. And Shire getting the job instead of Amaker. So that's the only thing I've seen that would even indicate that there was any consideration besides Shire. Well, I think for a for a couple of years, I think a lot of people thought that was probably going to be Hurley's job too, because you know former player was there, right? With him moving on, obviously, you know. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and and Bobby kind of did what he did and took the Arizona State job, and you know has done a good job, but I don't think you're getting it. Duke job from Arizona State, regardless of what you've done. I mean, the Duke the Duke job is kind of an interesting job. It's kind of interesting. Shire's the one who takes it, but I feel like it's just a brand and a program at this point in time that, you know, having the recruiting connections he's had probably is really going to help him. Mm. Um, and more, honestly, more so than getting an old name like a Tommy Amaker. I mean, Amaker's been in the Ivy League for a long time. Like, 
how long has he been really recruiting some of the best players in the country that Duke's obviously going to want to attract? I'm not sure that's necessarily a smart decision on Duke's part, part on their on their behalf to make the move to Amaker because he's not been in that arena with those best players in the recruiting circles for a long time. And honestly, I think Coach K grooming Shire the past X amount of years to take this job and him being a young guy is to their benefit because with the landscape of college basketball right now or college sports in general, it's it's all about who you can get in the door. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's been like that for a long time, but now more than ever, yeah. how attractive can you be? How good a recruiters can you be? And being young does not hurt that. No, but let, let me let me ask this hypothetical. Because Duke is a brand, and I will give you that. And we all we all know who they are. But how much of that recruiting was easy because it was Coach K, and now that that's going to be gone, do you see maybe a little regression there? Because you can be the brand, and you can be all of this, and you can be young, but if you're not winning at the clip, there you're used not the to, legend. You're not Coach K. Yeah, like, like find out. You know, wonder how. Wonder what that kind of does. Well, it's like it. look at Carolina right now. I mean, the right person in that job does does well. They'll just have to see if Shire's the right guy, and he'll do well at first, and then eventually he won't be Coach K, and he will probably not be the coach anymore. And they'll get somebody else, and they'll yeah, continue. Yeah, I'm not so sure. Them. Yeah, I'm not so sure. You want to be the you you never want to be the guy that replaces the legend. You always want to be the second guy. You're going to be the guy after the guy. Yeah. Like, you know, with the Broncos, right? Um, Bubby Brister was the guy after Elway. Bubby Brister and, and old Brian Greasy. Not not the guys you want to be. I'm trying to remember. I think eventually Peyton Manning got in there, but that was a long time. But you know what I'm saying. It's Yeah, it, it it's yeah. tough to, to replace – you know, an, an all-time legend. Like, you never want to be the guy that steps in behind that. Like, you want there to be a little bit of a distance there. Um, so, I, I just – for me, that's going to be the interesting thing to watch is what happens with their recruiting and all that now that, you know, obviously it's it's not going to play for Coach K. I mean, because you looked at it like Matt Doherty took it, took it kind of into a tailspin after Dean Smith left at Carolina. And then, like, it took Royce – Roy Williams to take the job back to get Carolina basketball back. So like there might be a little, little period there for Duke where it might not be as, uh, as, as, uh, you know, prolific as it's been for the last better part of what, three decades almost now. That is very possible. Yeah. I'm excited for that game Saturday. I think Duke will absolutely shred Carolina for some reason. Like, It'll be tight for a little bit. I hope at least – I hope it kind of is a good game, though. Don't you? I do. I would love it to just be a classic. But I, I don't, I don't think along. it's going to be. I'm along with you. I think that it's going to be an ass-whooping. I mean, they took it to him in the Dean Dome. That place is going to be outrageous. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carolina – let's put it this way. Carolina is going to have to make shots early. If Duke is if Duke shoots the ball well early, it's going to get ugly quickly. Yeah, because you know Roy and Tyler Hinesborough and then some of those older teams of North Carolina's lore aren't aren't walking through the door. Brady Manick is though. 
Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, That's still so weird. He plays for UNC. I and know. that's a team that if they get in the dance, I'm definitely fading as well. Big. Carolina. They should be. I mean, but they um, lost. The, they almost lost to Syracuse the other night. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not too high on them. And by the way, I think we can officially say unless Syracuse wins the ACC tournament, they're out. Would have been nice if they were out last year, huh? I'd agree. I'd agree. I think that's. Is, I think that's going to be how we officially finish every podcast with the Syracuse reference to. <laughs> to the cues until we till we beat them in something or until we get back into March and do something great for basketball. I think that's just what we're going to end with Syracuse every every week, even football season. Uh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's this is a March. This is a March only. This is a this is a college basketball special with the cues sign off there. Fair but enough. um. Fellas, we're, I mean, hell, Zach, I know you wanted it to be three weeks a couple weeks ago, but now, buddy, we're we're definitely, I mean, right there. I mean, conference tournaments next weekend. Oh, it's on. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> we're going to be seeing the first four here in, what, less than, I think it's the first four starts, this will be the second day of the first four, what, two weeks from now, correct? As we record? I believe you're right. Yeah, oh, I think man. so. Shoot, can't wait to see Charles and Kenny in the studio, man. Barkley doing college basketball is one of the best things because they don't know anything, essentially, when they walk in and they just watch the games and, like, everything gets related to the NBA. But I love it because they're so wrong sometimes it's funny. But they're also right a lot of the times, too, in terms of who wins some of these games based on what they think the talent level is. They're just seeing – just watching it one time. Just watching ball, making yeah. evaluations. Yeah, it's it's kind of wild, like, when you watch them, because that's what Barkley and Kenny are doing the entire time. They don't know anything about any of the teams or the coaches. It's it's crazy to watch that analysis there. Best time of the year, fellas. It really is. Absolutely. Yeah. Until next time, y'all, let's take it easy, and let's, uh, I guess, let's go Mountaineers. Still go drink some beers. Maybe we can beat TCU. Maybe they'll be too high off that Kansas win. Who knows? Till next time, y'all. Take it easy.